are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back, and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Well, hello there. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Hi, we are so excited. It is another wonderful interview coming your way. So we're going to kick it off and let her introduce herself. Hello, hello. My name is Danielle Musselman. My husband, Eric Musselman, is the head men's basketball coach at the University of Arkansas. We are now in our second season here. Just before this job, he was at the University of Nevada as their head men's basketball coach. And before that, he was an assistant at LSU, an assistant at Arizona State University. He coached in the NBA G League, and he was an NBA head coach for the Golden State Warriors and for the Sacramento Kings. So I'm, I'm like a lifer in this business, I think. <laughs> so when did you guys meet and where did your story begin as a couple and in, in this industry? Yeah, I think our story, my, me and my husband's story, it's a lot different than the majority of sports wives that I meet because we didn't meet until later in life. He was actually married before and I had a whole career as a sports anchor before I met him. And so I was in my early 30s and we met in Los Angeles. He was not working at the time. He had been fired from the Sacramento Kings. And I really think for him, it was love at first sight. And for me, it was it was probably love after like one month. <laughs> but we got engaged probably six months after we met and we were married a year after that. I want to take it back to your career as a reporter and just that whole lifestyle. I think it's just so wonderful to see someone that went through that journey and has that experience. So I kind of want to back it up a little bit. And how did you get involved in that? And what was that like in the beginning for you of your career? Yeah, you know what? It was something that I always wanted to do. I went to Florida State University. And I think by the time I was a sophomore, I really knew that I wanted to be a sports anchor. And it's funny because I knew I really wanted to be a national sports anchor and work at ESPN. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? So once I graduated, I started looking for jobs. It's a really competitive field. I really didn't think I even understood how competitive it was, but eventually I found an on-air job. And when I started, there were were not as many women in the business. It's a lot more popular for women now. And I just remember so many times people would kind of discourage me and say, you know, you're really good at this. Maybe you should try news. There's a lot more opportunities for women, but I just held fast because I knew that's what I really wanted to do. So I started out in local TV in Macon, Georgia. I went to Kansas City, Missouri after that at a sports network. And then I got a huge break when I was just 26 years old and I went to ESPN. And so from there, I've worked, honestly, at most major television networks, it seems like. I work for CBS Sports. I work for Fox Sportsnet. I finished my career up at NFL Network in Los Angeles. And I believe it was when I was at Fox Sports is whenever I met my husband. But yeah, it was an amazing career and really an amazing journey. That's so inspiring. I feel like, you know, we see that now a lot more, but I'm sure back when you were trying to get into this industry, like you said, you didn't have that many women to look up to, but it's so inspiring now to see all these women that have gotten 
to where they want to be and just follow their passions. So you moved around a lot already before meeting your husband. So I'm sure that probably wasn't such a big adjustment. What was the biggest adjustment when you met him and you kind of went into this basketball life? The biggest adjustment for me, like you said, the moving has not been so bad because like, like you said, I moved around a lot with my own career. And even as a kid growing up, I had moved a lot. It's kind of developed because social media has come with us, you know, really over the past, I would say six years is when it's really, really gotten big. And my husband uses social media a lot. Like, He uses it as a recruiting tool. He has used it to help get fans in the seats. And so because of that, our family is really open to just putting ourselves out there, whether it's doing funny videos, tweeting a lot, Instagram pictures. So while I did, you know, I spent years being on television and had a little bit of social media during my career, I never experienced some of like the negative parts of it with, with my career. And so that's been the biggest adjustment. I mean, I, I had pretty thick skin and it doesn't bother me a ton, but, you know, just get, just getting used to having a bad game and and know like you do not want to get on Twitter right now. You don't want to see who's adding you right now. You don't want to read anything. That has definitely been an adjustment. Yeah, I think that, you know, social media can be used for so many positive things and positive platforms. And then there's this dark opposite side that it can pull out some of the craziest things in people and they just get so caught up. And we've talked about that. We kind of joke with fans in the stands, but there's a whole nother note with that, <laughs> with that on social media. But I agree with that adjustment. That would be very difficult. And I know that you have a daughter. And so I want to kind of dive into that because, you know, you've moved and she's growing up in this lifestyle. So what are some things that you've instilled in her about this whole journey? You know what? We're really lucky with her just as far as personality that she is not a shy kid and she makes friends wherever she goes. Like we are so lucky with that because if she didn't have that personality, I really know that it would be a struggle. So from the beginning, it honestly has not been too hard because she's only 10. And through the first five years, you know, she was moving around preschools and they don't really don't care about moving at that point. Whenever we went to take the job in Reno, she was first entering kindergarten. And so she did spend four years at Reno. So the move here from Reno to Arkansas was the first time that she was sad about leaving. And it made me so sad when we told her, you know, dad got this new job. She burst out crying, but then she said, you know, but dad, I'm really happy for you. So even though she was only like nine years old, she totally understood that it was a big opportunity. So the friend stuff hasn't been bad, but like, as soon as we got here, she was a little sad, a little nervous. As soon as we got here, she met two girls her age that live right on our block. And she was absolutely fine. So we've just been really fortunate about that. One thing that we do have to keep an eye on here is the fans, you know, so we just try to talk to her about things that she might hear at school or negative things or positive things that they might hear about her dad. And we just try to be really open and let her talk to us about it if she hears anything or feels any kind of way because she has not never really experienced that before. Yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like it's such a different thing that people like me growing up, I didn't have to deal with anyone saying, someone might talk bad about your dad, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that, you know, these coaches' wives and these parents have to instill that in their, in their children. What is one thing that you've learned with that one move? If you do move in the future, 
that you guys have thought about that you would talk to her about or maybe just do differently? Um, you know what, what has been so important for us at, during our moves is having that instant family as far as the university. And I mean, I know different schools might be different, uh, you know, might not, people might not have the same experience at different schools, but I mean, I still talk to women that we were on staff with at LSU because they are, have become lifelong friends. And the same thing in the University of Nevada, there's like the baseball coach's wife that's there is still one of my closest friends. And I keep in contact with her and, and her children. And here there's people that I know that I've met that I feel like will be lifelong friends. So I actually consider that to be kind of like an advantage to being a coach's wife, because it's not like if your husband is just a doctor, you're not going to go in and be friends with all the wives that like are, Oh, we're all friends. We're all, our husbands all work together. They're doctors. It's not that kind of community, but when you're talking about college sports, you do have that community. So from day one, use that resource and, you know, reach out and get to know people. Yeah, I love all of that because it can, when the transition times come, most women, they figure it out after a move or two. I know that when I first moved, I was like, what in the world am I supposed to be doing? But then after a couple of moves, you're like, oh, okay, I have this community and these women around me that can share similar things and stories. Yeah. But I, I do want to ask, so you've always been involved in the journey and I want to know what do you do and what are your involvements with basketball in general and how have you kind of found your identity within the sport? Yeah, it was really um, an interesting transition because whenever I started staying home, I at first was just kind of like, okay, what am I going to do now? Because sportscasting was just such a huge part of my life and honestly took up so much time. And then all of a sudden I don't have that anymore. So it wasn't an immediate change where I figured it out, but I would say over about a year, a year and a half, I really started to find philanthropy and it was interesting. Once Eric became a head coach, I realized my platform being married to him was bigger than it ever was as a sports anchor. And so I realized that I really wanted to use that platform for good things. And, you know, being involved with the sports team, being involved with the schools, that is my main thing that I do that is work. <laughs> I'm involved in so many different things, but my main one that I work with the most is the American Cancer Society and also the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So there's that. And then also I am heavily involved with my husband's team and with the recruiting. We really tried to pitch to all of our recruits and the kids on our team that we're a big family. And when we say that, we mean that. So even in the recruiting process, it's meeting the kids' parents, making myself available, you know, answering questions. I text them. And a lot of, you know, a lot of these parents say, I've never had a head coach's wife text me, but really we want them to be part of our family. And then with the teammates, their kids. And so whether that's hosting huge Thanksgiving, of course, you know, right now it's COVID, but basketball season runs through all these holidays. So we always do something for Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and, you know, just making ourselves available for the kids. I love that. I feel like I've never heard a head coach's wife text players or anything, but that's such a great connection because especially I'm sure Don't for the mamas. Yeah, we'll keep it a secret. Just football wives only can listen to this. <laughs> but when you have like this, this group of women, like you mentioned around you. So what do you do to kind of keep everyone together and continue that bond? We liked, I mean, now this is just under normal circumstances because of, of course right now it's pandemic and we can't get together like we would like to, but 
even just like watch parties, we'll we'll trade off like whose house we're going to go watch an away game at, or sometimes we'll meet out at a sports bar, just doing little things like that. And then I really try to get them involved with my philanthropy projects if they would like to. And generally people, you know, they want to help out or they want to get their kids involved and different things like that. Often, you know, we'll go grab something to eat before a game, just, just spending time together with people that have the same life situation that you do. Yeah, I wanted to ask how that role felt when you were transitioning into that head coach's wife role, because there is a sense of responsibility that comes with that, not just with, um, you know, the players and the recruitment, but just with the women. And I wonder, did you in the beginning, were you like, okay, wow, I have this role that I need to figure out how I can (laughs) use this to, you know, keep the group together? Or were you like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah, honestly, I felt ready. I mean, I felt like Eric was an assistant coach under some head coach's wife that really taught me some things, you know, and I just kind of looked and I I watched them from afar to just kind of see what they were doing. And then his first head coaching job at the University of Nevada, we did not have a whole lot of people that were married on staff. So it wasn't a big group of us, you know, there was only just a few women and they truly are some of my closest friends even to this day. So it wasn't even like, okay, I've got to get these ladies together. It was kind of like, you know, you guys like, okay, let me go hang out with my friend. It was that kind of situation. So I feel like that kind of broke me in. And then now here we are at the University of Arkansas. And of course, our group is much larger. um, So it takes a little bit more effort, but really making a point to include everybody. And that's really important to me. And I've had, I mean, we've had grad assistants that are married and sometime a head coach's wife might not, you know, include them as much as like someone who's an assistant coach's wife or a different, a support staff. And that's just not how I roll. We include everybody and it's, that's just important to us. And I I love being with these women. Yes, we love that. We are big on inclusivity as well because that's why we created this entire platform is so that everyone can find a place here. I want to go back a little bit to social media and I want to talk about that amazing video that you did of your pool house and talk about (laughs) him staying. If you have not seen this video, we will post it as well, but it is awesome. First of all, your pool house is beautiful. Amazing. But I want to talk about how that idea came up that he was going to sleep there Win or loss, I want to hear the whole story. (laughs) I don't know about your husband's, but my husband is so like ramped up after a game, even if he wins or if he loses, he's so ramped up that he can't sleep. And so like night after night, like after games, he would just be keeping me up. He would want to keep the TV on. He would want to be on his iPad. I swear he texts people at four o'clock in the morning. I feel so bad for his staff, but he does all this stuff. And then I realized like I'm laying there, but I'm just like tossing and turning because he's so active. I can't sleep. Then I still have to get up, you know, at six o'clock and get my daughter ready for school. And then I'm miserable the whole next day. Like I need eight hours of sleep. He does not roll like that. He can get away with like not sleeping, but I can't. So I'm like, look, you can't sleep in our room anymore after games. Like that just is what it is. And so last year on Twitter, it just became a whole joke that I put him out of the house when he would lose a game. But then I said, you know what? Realistically, it'd be better for you to be out there win or lose. (laughs) Because even if he wins, he's still up half the night. And it was funny, actually, last night, I kind of made fun of him 
because the night before was a game and it was a late game. He didn't go to bed, didn't sleep at all. So last night, this is the day after the game, he fell asleep on the couch at 6.05. <laughs> and I took a picture of him and I like put it on my Instagram story. <laughs> I'm like, is anyone else asleep for the night at 6.05? <laughs> We feel the same way with the schedule of sleeping. They come home and it is like, they just need, I mean, Carson always tells me, he's like, I just got to watch a show. And if it's a night game, I'm like, you're on your own. Like I'm not (laughs) staying up. I'm not doing it. But I think that's amazing with the whole full house and how you took light of the joke and turned it into actually a reality, which is super neat. I told him, I go, I got this great idea. And he was like, I love it. Let's do it. And people, people liked it. You know, they thought it was fun. Yes. And you're in the season right now. So you guys are in the thick of it. And so have you noticed anything different that, you know, has happened this season with, I know the pandemic, but things that you have kind of found light in, whether, you know, the situation with the fans is different or anything like that. The only thing that I will say is positive is, and you guys can probably relate to this, is after a game, I just go get in my car and I'm home in 15 minutes. (laughs) That's the only thing that I like more, you know, because there's not that many fans there and there's no traffic. I'm like, oh, this is nice. I just whiz home. Other than that, I really, really miss our fans. You know, it's just, it's so fun especially when you're winning and you're high-fiving people and it's loud. I kind of feel like a lot of the home court advantage has been taken out this season because, you know, we do have fans. I know that there's some places they have absolutely no fans, but even with a few thousand fans, it's just, it's not as loud and exciting. It's not as hard of a place to play where when it it usually, you know, usually our gym is really hard to play in for opponents. But other than that, no, I really don't see any positives. I'm not traveling with the team this year. I think if I pushed hard, they might let me, but I'm like, I don't want to be the one to bring germs onto your plane. So that, (laughs) that's kind of a bummer for me. So it's a little less time that I get to spend with my husband and my stepson's on staff. And I realized that, I mean, I'm like, you got to come over to the house and visit because I'm not going on the road. I don't hardly get to see you anymore. So I don't, you know, I don't like that. But I'm just happy that we're playing and, and you know, hopefully we can continue to get through this season. Yes, we completely agree about the parking and getting home and all of that. We were talking about that this past season. So when you guys have a normal season, I guess, do you typically travel to all the away games or what does that look like for your schedule? I travel to about 50% of them. I try to balance it out because, you know, our daughter is still young. So I, I do try to make as many as I can make. And it just gives us some alone time together. As as corny as that sounds, I mean, just giving us, you know, time to just be alone and talk and just spend time without a, a 10-year-old running around is is nice and we appreciate it. If we do lose, I, you know, regret it every time. I'm like, why did I come on this road trip? <laughs> this is so because nobody talks like the whole way home on the plane on the bus like no one talks and that's not so fun but if they win it's fun <laughs> I love that we experience the silence too <laughs> on the way home if we go to a game but I do I do want to ask with communication with you and your husband so what are some tips and tricks that you've found that's made your relationship just strong in the aspect of being in the middle of a season 
For me, as I take a deep breath, it's honestly just kind of giving him grace. You know, I, I try not to be so hard on him because I, I know he is under a lot of pressure. And I just, I mean, even last week we had a rough week and lost two games and I you know, made points to uplift him and to give him encouragement, even though I know he was like, acting like he didn't want to hear it he would just be like okay thanks like I don't know I don't know how how he received it but I just know that that's what I needed to do so that was big but I remember after the first of the two losses I just finally I had to I was like you're pretty much being awful and the next day I got a dozen roses <laughs> I mean so there's moments like that when you have to like snap them back into reality where you're like yes we love sports. It pays the bill, but you know, it's not our life. It's not who we are. And you know, you got to help them keep it real. Yes. We love that. <laughs> if you had to tell your younger self or someone just starting out in this industry, one thing that you've learned, what would you say? Oh my goodness. Honestly, I would say strengthen your faith because that's what I've seen happen with me. And it wasn't even necessarily intentional. You know, I've always been a Christian. I was raised a Christian, but through this journey and, and, you know, the moving and the jobs and, you know, the job searches and the interviews and all that kind of stuff, it feels normal because that's what, what we've been through so much, but the stress, if you really allow yourself to stand back and like, look at the stress, you know, that you're constantly in, it's unbelievable when they talk about, you know, moving is, is such a big stress on marriage. I think I like laugh at that. I'm like, if moving was a big stress on marriage, I don't think I would be married anymore. <laughs> but I think part of me being able to manage that and, and get through that has been my faith in the Lord and just becoming close to people who help me strengthen that faith. And, you know, whenever you're going through a rough time, there's where else are you going to turn? So I would just say, you know, strengthen that faith because you're going to need it. <laughs> Yeah, we love that answer and totally agree 100%. And I, I just want to say thank you for being so open and honest and sharing your story. It's an incredible story, and we are excited to see what you do the rest of this year and future and on. And we are just so thankful that you came on here. Thank you. I love talking to you girls. I mean, we could, we could talk for two hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, we definitely could. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season underscore Women's Guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time.